Hi there, this is Pastor Ronnie Allen here at Omega Church. I'd like to welcome you to our podcast. If this is your first time listening, we want to say thank you for joining us. We hope this message equips you to follow God's voice. We believe that if you're searching, today your search is over. Thanks for being with us and enjoy. And we're believing God for what He is doing and it's going to reach a greater magnitude with our youth. Of course, we're not going to leave you out. We're going to leave all you older youth. We're going to get you in here. Amen. I got a couple of things that I need to share with you real quickly. And you need to hear it three or four times. And I I noticed this, that it's hard for me. I don't know about you, but I don't. Somebody gives me their telephone number. I have to write it down or I have to get them to repeat it four or five times. It's only seven digits. Now we got the area code, so I definitely need it repeated. Okay, so uh, I, I want to share a couple of things with you, and then we're going to get right into this today. Uh, number one, uh, this Friday night. Everybody say Friday night. Friday night, we're going to have our team meetings. We're, this, we're, this is where we bring our teams together, and it's a time uh, like the refreshing Pastor Zona was talking about. We're here to pump them up. Amen. There's enough to let, uh, to you know, to absolutely uh, de, uh, how would I say, uh, put out the, or try to extinguish in our world system to try to distinguish the fire that's in your soul. But we want to put some logs on that fire, crank it up, and get you hot for God. Amen. And this Friday night at 7 o'clock, and Buddy Bell is going to be with us. Now listen very carefully. I know that some of you are, how many of you have never heard Buddy Bell? At all. Have not. Raise your hand. So a few of you have not. Uh, I want to encourage you uh, to be here if you can be here. If you want to be involved in the church ministry. And the church ministry is more than just standing behind this podium. I promise you. Uh, you don't want to miss Buddy. And those of us that have heard him. Don't think that you've heard him like you think you have heard him. Paul said, I don't know anything as I ought to know it. Okay. So, uh, Buddy's going to be here, and he's going to be fired up, and he's going to fire you up. Put some logs on the fire. That's this Friday night. Then he'll be with us next Sunday as a guest speaker, and you don't want to miss it. These are going to set the foundations for some things that we're going to be doing, so I don't want you to miss that next weekend starting Friday night. And then, of course... We know that we have a primary in our state, in the state of Texas. Many that are viewed by live stream, it may not be in your state right now, but you need to be preparing. Everybody say preparing. preparing. Now, I want to mention this to you, and I may reflect on it a little bit later, uh, but I want you to hear. God wants his people to show up in the voting booth. And here's why. You are supposed to represent him. Our society is screwed up because the church is not taking this seriously. And shame on any church that thinks that, or any type of ministry that thinks that this is not important. Shame on you. And you will give account in the day of judgment. 
And you say, Pastor Ronnie, you're emphatic. Yes, I am, because I'm tired of hearing people say, well, every time I go down there to Omega Church, I hear them be political. That affects your everyday life, and it affects how the gospel is preached and taught in our generation. Do you want us to go undercover? Do you want us to be hiding out? No. Then our freedom is of a great importance. And you need to be anointed in that booth. You cannot set this aside from what you're called to do in this generation. So, I encourage you to vote, and you need to vote biblically. Everybody say biblically. First thing I encourage you to do is take the platform of each, uh, how would I say, party, which I don't like that word, but because it ain't partying. Uh, And begin to uh, uh, comb through it, Begin to scan it and find out what they stand on. If they do not stand on that platform of the Word of God. In other words, you've got to find the party and the candidate that most align themselves with the Bible. Okay? And then vote accordingly. And start with the platforms. We have, you can uh, check in the lobby There'll be people that'll be able to help you. It's all, I think it's uh, ivotersguide.com, uh, I think. But they'll help you with it if you need to go there. And do some research. We owe it to our founding fathers who paid a price for us to have the liberty that we have in this country. We owe it to the next generation. And uh, God heard your prayers, and we're going to move on now. Amen. Maybe. All right, let's get ready. Father, we do thank you. Thank you for your presence. Thank you that you're here. Lord, we're not always conscious of your presence, but right now we've devoted our undivided attention to your presence. Give us understanding. You told us to pursue that understanding. Give us understanding. Father, I thank you right now. We clear our minds and we open up our hearts. We thank you for the entrance of your word bringing light. And Lord, I thank you right now as far as I'm concerned. Give me clear thought and accurate words to convey that understanding in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen Amen means so be it, so... You know, like one congressman, that's how much he's supposed to know. He said, a woman. Y'all didn't know that he did that recently, last year or so? A woman, because he didn't want to have discrimination. A man has no reference to men. It means so be it. That's how... That's what we've elected to our office. No wonder the world's goofy. All right. We have been talking about this for a while. And I'm going to rehearse a little bit for you. The title of today is called The Life of Christ. One of the greatest lies 
that the devil ever has perpetrated and schemed and made us believe is that Jesus came to take us to heaven. Now listen very carefully. I'm going to say it another way. Jesus didn't come to take you to heaven. He came to put heaven in you. Heaven does not start when you die. Heaven begins when Jesus moves in to your life. Okay? The life of Christ is what Jesus came to give us. The whole purpose of him coming, forgiving you of your sins, is to give you access to a lifestyle that is far superior to anything you could ask or think. It, the life of Christ is what banishes all confusion, frustration, darkness, hatred out of your life. It's a, it's a life of victory and freedom. I can't overemphasize that. These are simple phrases that I'm using right now. But until we understand this, there are many churches today that will get up and teach. This is what they'll teach. That God doesn't really care about anything else in your everyday life except he's most concerned where you're going to go when you die. And that's a lie because that means that you're separating, you're separating what Jesus came to do versus uh, you're, you're putting it off in the wild blue yonder. And the more you do that, the more devils, the devil's going to eat your lunch and pop your sack. He's going to give you mud pies every day. Jesus came to give his sanctified, anointed lifestyle. Now, I don't mean a form of life. I mean the power of it. When I say lifestyle, you follow me? We're caught up with a form. And there is a point to which form works. Paul's told Timothy to hold fast the form of sound words. But those really are laws. Now, hear, hear carefully. I, I, let me back up because I told you I was going to give you a little foundation. Get, get us on the same page. The first law of God is order. Everybody say order. God is not the author of confusion. So if God's not the author of confusion, we got confusion in our life, whether it be on a national level or whether it be on an individual level. If we got confusion in our life and our life is full of confusion, frustration, aggravation, and always being ticked off, then guess what? You know who's producing that? The devil. And he does it through a system. 
systems are designed by God. But the devil perverted the system that God lined out for man. A system, let, let me simplify it. A system is a method of operation. It's an organized method of operation, to be honest. And there are supporting laws. Laws are nothing more than uh, principles that are based upon truth that govern that method of operation. When we're talking about the system that God created, the devil came in and perverted that system through the fall of Adam and Eve. And he set up another system through his lies and deception and manipulation, by the way. His old kingdom is built on lies, and it, this system is called the world, worldly system or the kingdom of darkness. Uh, let me rephrase that. The kingdom, to get you understanding about darkness, the kingdom of obscurity. He has to do everything underhandedly manipulatively, jerking you around, okay? But Jesus came to give us another system, if you would, a recreated system. It's called the new creation. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, 2 Timothy chapter 5, verse 17. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, or creation. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things have become new. In other words, the old system is governed by what we refer to the world, a worldly system. The power source, listen carefully, the power source of that system is fallen human nature. That's why we can't just take forgiveness of sins only. It's the starting point of the new system called the new creation. And we start there. God gives it, forgives us of our sins. Now, why does he do that? He forgives us and blots it all out. Why? It's as if we never sinned. The power of the blood of Jesus, if we could ever grasp that. The power of the blood of Jesus doesn't just forgive you, but I'm going to, I'm going to, I forgive you, but we're going to be at a distance. That's not what the blood of Jesus does. The blood of Jesus now brings you and invites you, draws you close to the very throne room of the Almighty. As if, listen carefully. As if you had never sinned. To where you can come in there confidently. The King James says boldly. You can come in there confidently. Let me rephrase it and get it to where it's a little bit more emphatic. You have been given the privilege. Through the forgiveness of sins. By the blood of Jesus. To go into the presence of Almighty God as if 
as if, listen carefully, you were Jesus himself. I didn't say you as Jesus, so calm down. But where you could have access to the Father without any guilt or shame. Do you think that Jesus stands before the Father with guilt and shame all over him? No. He steps in there, Abba, Father, I'm coming to you, Father. If you could understand that. And there are many scriptures in the New Testament which I don't have time to go over. Okay, but where you could come in there without the guilt and shame and the condemnation of fallen human nature, now you get to come in there as if you had never sinned. That's what Jesus came to do, to get you into the presence of the Almighty. Okay, now... God's presence, I just want to say this to you. God's presence is around you all the time. David said, if I flee to the four corners of the earth, you're there. And if I go over there and make my bed in hell, you're still there. So where can I flee from the presence of God? However, you're not always conscious of his presence. And that... That you, you, you got to develop the mind of Christ to be conscious of it. When you're digging a ditch, you should be conscious of God's presence. God don't want you to dig no ditch without him. And I, I think that's where we get in a lot of trouble right there. We think the presence of God belongs inside this building when we have a solemn assembly. That's true. However... He wants, you, he wants you to be conscious of his presence when you're sitting on your little porcelain throne. Shout me down because I'm preaching so good. Some people need God in that room. <laughs> Amen. So, we, we, we need to comprehend this. Let me give you a verse of Scripture that kind of helps you to, uh, to understand. Let's go to Galatians chapter 6, just for a moment, out of the King James Version. By the way, these two systems are always in conflict. They're at war with each other. You want to know what's wrong with our society? There's a conflict of two systems. And our society cannot be straightened out until the body of Christ, the body of Christ, the believer on the Lord Jesus Christ, gets a comprehension and an understanding that this is supposed to operate in every aspect of our lives. Okay? And it's true. And, oh man. All right. Let's just... Chapter 6, verse 15. Listen... Yeah, let's look at verse 15. For in Christ Jesus, notice the phrase. It's not accidentally put like that. For in Christ Jesus. Always remember this. When we talk about Jesus, we're talking about the, the name Jesus refers to the man Jesus. 
Are you here? When you use the word Christ, you're talking about the Son of God. How God, Acts chapter 10, verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost, who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Now, are you following that? Notice how it says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, the man. If you'll notice, when Jesus was here talking to, to the general public, he referred to the Son of Man. When he's talking to those that believed on him, he would sometimes use the Son of God. Are you listening? So Jesus was all man, but he was all God. Everything that Jesus did on the earth, listen carefully, everything he did on the earth and that he did as a son of man, and then the last three and a half years, he did as the son of man, anointed with the Holy Ghost. Are you listening? He did not perform a single miracle for 30 years. But the last three and a half years, he performed all kinds of miracles. Why? Because he was anointed with the Holy Ghost. The word Christ refers to the anointed one and his anointing. Everybody with that? Now, what is the word anointing mean? How do you anoint? Well, you know, my hands were dry, so I took some hand lotion and I rubbed it. I, I squirted it on there and I rubbed it in until it absolutely penetrated into me. Did you hear that? Into me. Into me. When it did, it not only rele it relieved the cracking of my skin and made my hands more pliable. How many of you had some rough, cracked hands and then tried to do something that was pa painful, wasn't it? Yes? No? Come on. How many of you are not old enough to know that? I just, I don't have no dry. <laughs> really. Okay. It rubs in. So God rubbed his power into the son of man, Jesus. And what did he do when after he did that? He began to do all kinds of miracles. Are you with me? Everybody with that? And Jesus said, oh, let's go over there. John Let's go to John. Oh, did, we didn't even get to Galatians yet, have we? <laughs> Somebody drew my attention away from there. Okay. Look at verse 6. I, I mean, 15. Chapter 6, verse 15. For in Christ Jesus, the anointed one, Jesus, neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision. Now, what he's referring to, he's talking about the anointed one, 
Jesus and his anointing. Religious practice, listen carefully, doesn't avail anything. This word avail means it has no power. Okay? So just coming here and tolerating Pastor Ronnie spitting at you will not avail you anything if you don't get the understanding of what I'm talking about. And some people have the attitude, I'm going to go to church on Sunday and, and, and make up for what I di didn't do. Or I did do that I shouldn't have done. And that's not what God wants you to show up for. He wants you to show up so you can get some understanding. God said in the last days he's going to give us pastors who would feed us with knowledge and understanding. And let me tell you, you know who's going to need it? The people in the last days more than ever before. Because these two systems are in conflict. And the conflict is mounting more and more and more. And we see it everywhere around us. It's influencing everything in our lives. And if we don't get an understanding of this, we're going to be in that battle. And guess what? Most of the time, we as Christians miss more than we hit. And I don't mean showing up to church. We miss it. And James says, we don't receive from God because we ask amiss. That we may consume it upon our own fleshly desires. Why? Because we don't understand the life of Christ. Jesus came to give you his life. The way he lives. And the power source to perform it. He said, those two don't amount to anything. For in Christ Jesus, what avails or what makes power available is a new creation. Everybody say new creation. God does not want reformed people. He wants transformed people. Now listen very carefully. Reformed people... Forgot where they came from. Once they meet that reformed. Are you, are you understand what I'm saying? I, I'm not going to tell you the way I heard it. But because it would probably. But no I'll just go ahead be that blunt. There's nothing worse than a reformed prostitute. You know what a reformed prostitute will do? A reformed prostitute will look at other prostitutes and say, Pfft. You follow what I'm saying? And forgot that they were one. Are, are you understanding? God's not looking for people that are just reformed in religious practices, He wants them to have the power to live a life. It's, listen carefully, uncondemning. Now, when I say uncondemning, understand what I'm saying to you. Condemned means that you are confined. Never removing a burden and never destroying a yoke. If America changes, it will be because the church will understand what I'm talking about. 
and go out there and remove the burdens and destroy the yokes that has been a hold of our generation because we have allowed people that are uh, to become leaders. And now they've turned themselves into dictators. Wow. Really big. Go with me to John chapter number 17. Just to make sure you understand, how many of you ever heard that the Jesus came to forgive us our sins so that we'd have the gift of eternal life? How many of you ever heard that? Right? Do you know what we think? What do you think eternal life is? Well, eternal life means that I'll never die and I'll live forever in eternity. Well, we have, still have no comprehension of what that means. I'm going to show you plainly what Jesus says eternal life is. And it's a far different cry than what we perceived it to be. John chapter 17, Jesus is doing the talking. Is, is, listen carefully, your letters in red in chapter 17. That means Jesus is talking, right? And we'll look at verse... uh, Well, I was going to just go to two and let's just read one through three. These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy son and and that thy son also may glorify thee. As thou hast given him power over all flesh. Everybody say power. Over what? Okay, what is flesh? Flesh is the fallen human nature of man. So God, Jesus has been given power over all fallen human nature. Right? That's good news for you. Wow, that went really big. Say, in the name of Jesus, he's got power over my flesh. Okay, that, I thought I'd just throw that in there. That he should give, that he should give, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. Okay? He has power over all flesh to give them eternal life. Verse 3. And this is eternal life, that they may know thee, the only true God, and Jesus the Christ, whom thou hast sent. Wait a minute. I thought eternal life had to do with heaven. No, eternal life has to do with the life of Christ. To be able to know Almighty God for yourself. Now, notice what it does not say. It does not say to know about God. A lot of people know about God and they got it all wrong. He's talking about you knowing him. You knowing him. You knowing him. You having a relationship to whereby you can fellowship him. Unrestricted. Uncondemned. 
listen carefully, and unashamed. That is eternal life. To where you can call the Almighty your Father like Jesus called the Almighty his Father. Now, you're talking about, man, I'd like to just, I got so much to go through here. All right. These systems have laws that operate them. The law of sin and death operates in the worldly system or the kingdom of darkness. The law of sin and death. Okay. And it condemns people to stay there in that darkness. But Jesus said that the, I mean, Paul said that the law of the spirit life in Christ Jesus has freed me from the law of sin and death. Freed me. I don't have to live like a scum bucket anymore. Going to church, feeling like a dog. I can sit on my porcelain throne and sing. Are y'all missing it? In other words, what I'm trying to help you understand, when I make those statements, people think I'm saying it for a joke. I'm not. Even at the worst portion of your life, things that we don't want to talk about, you can have the peace and the joy of a life that is functioning after the anointing. And let me tell you something. In and, and his anointed life, I can have the anointed life in that bathroom. <laughs> I know that sounds blunt, but I'm trying to wake you up. We don't have much time. The law of the new creation. I mean, the, the, the system of the new creation we could refer it to as the life of Christ, has laws that govern it. Now, listen very carefully. Laws that govern it. For everybody that wants to do away with the laws, you need to go through the New Testament. You're going to be shocked at how many laws are mentioned there. Different types of laws. People think that We've heard about grace and, and, and law, and we think the opposite of the each other is law or grace. Now, that's not true. The opposite of law is lawlessness. We see that on the streets of America in the last couple of years. Lawlessness. Okay? And now we want to disband those that... We don't want to support those that are trying to help us establish laws to support a system. It's called law enforcement. Why, why do they want to do away with law enforcement? So we can have chaos. The law of sin and death takes over. People are in chaos. Our southern border's open, and you have no idea what's going on with our southern border. Have no clue what's going on. That's lawlessness. And any of our government leaders that refuse to establish 
and confirm the laws by which our nation sets up perimeters so our society can function. Any of those that don't want to support those laws should go down in flames politically. They should. You can't even get into heaven without extreme vetting. You better have the correct answer when you approach the pearly gate. Or you may find yourself on the outside looking in. That's Bible. Are you understanding? And you want to know why I'm emphatic about it? I'm emphatic about it because the church has taken this kind of stuff for granted and applied it somewhere off in the wild blue yonder when it applies right now in your everyday life. There are laws that govern prosperity. God hates an unjust balance. What do you think's happening with our monetary system right now? There's an unjust balance. And the monetary system around the world is falling apart because government officials have screwed with it without God. It's called inflation. And we in America think this is terrible. Well, just be in Turkey where they had 50% inflation last year. They're struggling. And the leadership is not doing anything with the anointing. They're trying to do it without God. They're suffering. We're belly aching over here. But we could do something about this. This is not a dictatorship. Thank you, Jesus. There are laws that govern the new creation system. The first law that you need to understand is the law of hearing and seeing. It supports the law of faith. But if it's misused, it will support the law of doubt and unbelief. Here's the law. What you hear often begins to paint an image that you see on the inside of you. Okay? If you, hear, if you keep hearing things over and over again, then you begin to believe it or accept it as truth. What do you think the news media is doing now? They have their own agenda. And they keep, they keep saying it. You're not going to hear just one of them say it. You're going to hear many of them say it. And they're going to say it in, in, in line with each other. And they'll almost use the same exact words. Why are they doing it? They're trying to bombard you with a hearing of something until it paints an image on the inside of you. Oh, man, I'm gonna make, I could make some statements right here. I'll just go ahead and make them. If everybody gets vac- vaccinated, we're going to whip Corona. Oh, by the way, it's going to take two. Now it's three. No, maybe four. And if everybody will wear a mask, we're going to whip corona. Now, I won't ask you how many of you in here has been attacked by that devil. See, that's man doing it without God. And when people do things without God in the worldly system, Galatians chapter 6 tells us what happens. 
I mean, chapter 5 tells us what happened. The works of the flesh are these. Go read it. I thought I'd be able to get to it in time, but I'm not. Are these. The more you work in the flesh, this is what it's going to produce. Fornication, adultery, drunkenness, hello, manipulation. The more you work in the flesh without God, fallen human nature, this is what it's going to produce. Even if you go to church. If you, do, if you operate outside of the law of the spirit life in Christ Jesus, you are going to fall under the jurisdiction of the law of sin and death. And the more you do things without God, without his anointing, without his ability working through you, the more you're going to produce this. It's an absolute. If I plant corn in the ground, how many of you think I'd be foolish to, plant, to plan to reap watermelons? You think, Pastor Ronnie, you're out of your mind. You're using corn seeds. What are you going to get? He that sows to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. He that sows to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. That's what I'm trying to help you to understand. We have been given a privilege and an honor, a sacred, holy privilege to live after the spirit life. Listen carefully. We've got to begin to hear what God is saying, not what the news media is saying. Not, listen carefully, not the opinions of your best friend. You're trying to get advice. We get everybody else's advice, but God's advice. Whoa. All right. The law of hearing and seeing. You start with that law. When you start hearing the word of God, man shall live by bread alone. Faith come, shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds forth from the mouth of God. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the law, I mean, by, by the word of God. Right? All right. I use the law of hearing, and it begins to paint within me the image of what I'm hearing. If I'm going to hear faith, it begins to paint in me an image of faith where I can come boldly or confidently to the throne room of grace and have access, listen carefully, to the spirit life that is full of the power of the life of Christ. You, we cannot afford to be listening to everything else. And you say, Pastor Ronnie, it sounds like you want us to be in church all the time. No, I want church to be in you all the time. Oh, man. This is eternal life that you may know him, the only God. The only God. Quit buying into that lie. Now, well, now there are many different types of God. No. Let's just get this down to brass tacks, my friend. Get this straight. Muhammad is not God manifested in the flesh. Neither is Harry Krishna or any other of the goofballs. 
They own, listen, they were human flesh. They were not God and man. All right, we got to move on. Then we have the law of faith. The law of the spirit life. And then there's a, the law of Christ the Bible refers to. The law of Christ. Remember the word Christ means the anointed one and his anointing. So when we say the law of Christ, there is a absolute truth by which the principle of the life of the anointed one is available. Not only available, it's how it works. The purpose of us being baptized with the Holy Ghost is so that we would be anointed the way Jesus was anointed. And by the way, the word baptismio or baptize, there's water baptism where we identify with his death, burial, and resurrection, but then there's uh, John said that, that there was going to come one after him who would baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. He says, I'm not even worthy to un- untie his shoestrings. He's speaking of Jesus. Now, what does that word baptize mean? Whew. The word baptize means to submerge. It does not mean sprinkle. Too many Christians want a sprinkle of God. The word baptize means to totally immerse. But, but, here's the part you need to see. When you come up out of that water of baptism, you don't come up the way you went down. You come up, the Bible says in the book of Romans, in newness of life. Now, hang on. This is going to get really interesting right here. When we're talking about the being baptized with the Holy Ghost, we're talking about being baptized with the, the, the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay? Too many Christians are trying to get a form of godliness. And Paul said, those that have a form of godliness, turn away from them. Because a form is not sufficient. You have to have the life, the power of Christ. If, if, let me put it another way. And I've used this illustration before, but I'm trying to... When you get baptized with the Holy Spirit... You, you have a surge of life that fills you up. If I was to take a vacuum cleaner out here, the manufacturer put all these parts together, and we're over here. Va- How many of you have ever done this, got sidetracked, and you forgot to plug the vacuum cleaner in? How many of you believed it vacuumed? Or did you not have to redo it? Right? You know, when you redid it, when you turned it on, plugged it in, turned it on. See, when, when, when we're talking about baptizing in the power of God, what God's talking about, he's talking about the source of the energy, the ability, the might to live a, a, a lifestyle that God created you to have and be. 
Now, when you plug that vacuum cleaner on in, the power, the electricity flows through that connecting cord. And it causes the vacuum cleaner now to fulfill what it was designed for. Without being plugged into the power source, the vacuum cleaner cannot do what it was designed to do. Guess what happens? You plug it in, you turn it on, and all of a sudden you hear a sound. Do you not? You hear a sound of a rushing mighty wind. You hear a sound, right? You hear a sound. And you know that there's juice in that thing. When you get baptized with the Holy Spirit, you get plugged into the power source. There's going to be a sound to your life. It's going to be a sound of joy. It's going to be a sound of peace. It's going to be a sound of all the fruits of the Spirit because now the Spirit's in you. And you're not over there trying to produce through the works of the flesh the fruit of the Spirit. Because you're connected. Now, anytime you disconnect, you go back to being a dead thing. You follow what I'm talking about? <laughs> Jesus, help me. For time's sake, please. The word baptize is what you need. I want to emphasize in these closing remarks. Baptizing doesn't mean dunk. It means to immerse, but it doesn't mean dunk. The best way I know how to put it is this, when you talk about baptized or being baptized. My mom used to take cucumbers. She'd peel them. She'd take those cucumbers, and sometimes she'd put them in a little vinegar solution, and we'd eat those cucumbers, but they were still a cucumber. We'd eat those cucumbers, and they'd have a little vinegar and solution taste, and, and we'd eat those, you know, if you like salty, vinegary taste, that would be great. But how many of you know that just dipping those cucumbers in that solution made it turn a pickle? How many of you know it's not a pickle? You follow? But when you take that solution and you send it through a process of putting regular cucumbers in this solution, they come out pickles. You don't ever refer to them as a cucumber again. Are you following me? It goes through this process. And that's what he's talking about when he's talking about being immersed. He's not talking about dipping you. He's talking until that solution penetrates in you. And changes you from being just a regular old cucumber now to you're pickleized. Are you following me? We could say it another way. God will take an individual 
forgive them of their sins, and then baptize them with his anointed Holy One Spirit. And he will absolutely immerse them in it until that spirit penetrates their spirit and they come out Christianized. Are you understanding that? Coming out Christianized. You are referred to as Christians. Are you following me? That means you've been anointed, sanctified, set apart to be living the life or letting the life, I should say, live through you to where it's just your nature to to love people, be happy, even when things don't look good. Having the joy of the Lord being your strength. Having the peace of God that keeps your mind. Hallelujah. Through this crazy world. That's what the world's looking for. They're not looking for somebody else to put another strict restriction on them and give them another burden. And another yoke. Jesus removes burdens and destroys yokes. Let me give you these other laws real quick. The law of Christ. The law of love. And here's the last one. The law of liberty. Did you know that we are going to stand before God as Christians? We're going to stand before God and be judged by the law of liberty. These are supporting laws. The whole purpose is to get you to hear the gospel so it can paint an image in you of the life of Jesus. Accessing that life of Jesus through his promises of baptizing you with his anointing. So you go in Mickey Mouse into the little phone booth and you come out Mighty Mouse. So the the Christians should have not been disturbed over what we've went through the last couple of years. But guess what? The spirit of fear gripped the body of Christ. Do you know why it did? Because let's go back to the very first law. The law of hearing and the law of seeing. We heard what what the news media and everybody had to say instead of consulting the word of God. We believed more about the situation than we believed about what God promised. And it put us under a burden. And it put a yoke on our neck. And today, some Christians still don't show up to church. Now, they'll fill that football stadium, though. And they'll go unmask. They act like a bunch of fools. But all I got to say, I don't care who won the Super Bowl. The next time you're sick, call them on the phone. Get them to pray the prayer of faith for you. See if they're, <laughs> listen carefully, see if their Super Bowl ring can remove the burden, destroy the yoke of, uh, of sickness off of you. Are you, are you understand what I'm talking about? Now, I'm not anti about any of this. I've watched football and I'm going to watch it again if God will deliver them and give us some godly 
people. Are, are, you, are you understanding what I'm talking about? We, we, and, oh, Jesus, I told you to help me with time. I'm asking you, Father. I, I, I'm trying to help you to see something that is far superior than what we've been subjected to for the last two years. And the reason why we've been subjected to it is because we've fallen prey to it through trying to live the life of Christ with the weakness of our flesh. Everything, my daddy used to say it this way, my, everything depends, that depends on me is that I depend on him. I don't want to dig a ditch. I don't want to mow the yard. I don't, listen carefully. I don't want to kiss my wife. I don't want to hug my grandchildren. I don't want to do any of that without the anointing of Jesus. Because if I do it any other way, eventually the works of the flesh are going to produce the works of the flesh. Jesus, all right, let me, let me put this. How many of you ever mowed the yard hot August? Or ever tried to start your lawnmower to even start mowing the yard in hot August? And your lawnmower did not want to cooperate. Now, how many of you going to be honest with yourself? Don't raise your hand on because we don't want you to feel embarrassed. That's the work of the flesh trying to produce the joy joyous about it. Most people hate it. Zona makes it sometimes. It took me decades to decades. work of the flesh is to get Zona to do it. It's an act of faith. And that attitude was, why make it? Don't get back in it. Huh? And so God says, if you, you're, you're showing me that I'm to make my bed, the strength, the food in my body, take this bed. Some of y'all looking at me, he's lost his mind. Leave me alone. I'm glad I lost my mind. I want the mind of them. Many of us need the anointing to pay our bills. Five loaves and two fish check make it stretch way beyond you. See, we're trying to produce what I'm saying through the work of the flesh, the blessing of the Lord, and it does not work that way. We, we come to church to try to get, figure out how we can get God to bless us in our endeavors. And this is what God says. Quit doing it your way. Do it my way, which is already blessed. Are you following what I'm saying? For years we've done that. And God is saying to the body of Christ, this generation has got to see the system. And God don't want... God us for and this is this is one of the lies of religion. I've heard preachers say this many times. Only what's done for Christ will last. That is not what anything is. So you, I challenge you to go through the New Testament and find any place where it says do anything for Christ. Now it'll say do things in Christ, with Christ, through Christ. But it doesn't say doing anything for Christ. 
You see, the problem is we're trying to do things for God, and God says, I don't want you to do things for me. I want you to allow me to do things with you and you do things with me. We're in this together. Are you following what I'm saying? We're in this together. Listen carefully. Oh, my Jesus. Do you know what makes matrimony holy? Because the anointing of Jesus is there. Listen carefully. If the anointing of Jesus is there and you're just making it legal, you're doomed to fail. You're doomed to fail. Because you'll work at that marriage and it will not produce the fruit of the spirit that God wants in that marriage. The blessing of the Lord is the anointed one's life. And what I said, that's being under the spout where the glory pours out. I can only find it. If I could only find it. And so many Christians are looking for it, looking for it. If I could only find it, it's right there in front of you. Now, how many of you would love to know how to operate in this all the time? Is it really possible? Yeah. You'll go through a process called dying to yourself. Jesus said, if you will fall on the rock and be broken, you'll have that. But if the rock falls on you, you're going to be ground to powder. We're living in a time where it's going to be one or the other. One or the other. Paul said it over again, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, but the life that I live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He died to give you that life. You can have an anointed marriage. You can have an anointing. Listen, so many people are dependent upon their talent. I, I, I told our leadership just not long ago. I said, the problem with many of us as pastors, and I have to look back. See, I've been raised in a pastor's home all my life, or I've been pastoring. So, you understand. So, 66 years, I've been around church and pastoring. And here's what happens to us we begin to think we know how. I know how. And I told, I told the leadership, I come to the conclusion, I just don't know how to pastor this church. I just don't know how. And that's okay, because that means I'm going to be dependent on God. 
But if you're dependent on what you know how to do, then sooner or later, the works of the flesh are going to show up, bite you in the butt, and then you're going to wonder, where's God at? Where's God? Exactly where you left him, in your know-how. God ain't want me to pastor this church by by myself. He didn't choose me to live my life. He chose me to live his life. Say this with me out loud. I'm called by God, anointed with his spirit, and appointed to this generation to live this life of Christ. Glory to God. Stand to your feet, please. Glory be to Jesus. Now, I'm going to pray for you. I know I usually have you come up here, but, you know, and you need to. But I want you to get it right where you're at. I want you to know that you can get it right where you're at. Lift your hands to heaven. Glory to God. Father, I thank you right now that you hear me. This is according to your plans and your purposes. You that are viewing by live stream right now, right, right where you're at, lift your hands to heaven. Glory to God. When we lift our hands to heaven, that is surrender to God. I surrender to you. I don't want my way. I want your way. Now, Father, I thank you right now as I pray. I pray in accordance with your will. And I say to anyone that has not been baptized with the Holy Spirit, be filled with the Holy Ghost. Be filled with the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus, be filled with the Holy Ghost. Now just say this out loud. Jesus, I receive the power of your Spirit to live the lifestyle that is far superior to me. I submit to your plans and purposes. I've been called by you. I've been chosen by you to let your life live through me. Thank you, Jesus, for giving me this victorious, wonderful, magnificent, heaven-born lifestyle. Thank you, Jesus. Now begin to thank you for being filled with the Holy Spirit. Thank you for Lord, I thank you for filling me to overflowing with your Spirit. The very power that raised you from the dead, that caused you to go about doing good deeds and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Oh, hallelujah. We give you the praise. We give you the thanksgiving, Father, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I thank you, Lord, there's a fresh wind of anointing flowing over this generation, pouring out of your spirit upon all all kinds of flesh, Father God. Every bit of us, whatever the color may be, whether we're male or female, Father, you know no respect except for those that access it by faith. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. To where you're always conscious of his presence. That you're never alone. You're not in this by yourself. Glory be to Jesus. 
Hallelujah. Glory be to God. If you're going to build a business, do it with the anointing. You're going to have a successful relationship, do it with the anointing. You're going to have a great family, do it with the anointing. Glory be to God. If you're going to live long and prosper, and you're going to have full of life, do it with the anointing. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. If you're going to have peace in the time of trouble, do it with the anointing. Glory be to God. We give you the praise right now. We give you the honor, Father. We give you the glory. We want you to be glorified in us, through us, everything we do, everywhere we go. Glory be to God. So where your love just oozes out of us to every part of our, our lives and to every person we come in contact with. Your love. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. There are many in the sound of my voice that have been very frustrated. You're frustrated. Frustration comes when you try to do and live the blessed life working with your own strength. Today, if you will hear what the Spirit is saying to the church, that will be broken off of you. The spirit of frustration will be broken off of you. And a spirit of joy will replace that in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Right now, just right now, begin to receive His joy to flood your soul. Glory to God. I'm no longer going to do anything in the frustration of my flesh. I'm going to do it by the strength and the power of His Spirit, which is going to produce a joy in my life. Glory to God. A joy that's unspeakable and full of glory. Full of glory. Full of glory. His joy is your strength. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. I hope, I, I pray to God that you heard that and took it. Let me tell you, I had a, we had a guy in the church years ago. And uh, he had somebody that was working for him was going to help him cut his grass. He, he, he had a business of his own. And the guy went out there and started trying to start that lawnmower and it just wouldn't start. It just wouldn't start. It would, I mean, he's cranking and wore himself out. And he started cussing. And the man that came to church here went over there to him and said, Don't you cuss my anointed lawnmower. Quit, quit your cussing. You're cursing it. And he said, watch here. He pulled it one time, and it started. 
Are, are, you, are you listening to what I'm saying to you? We do so many things being out of frustration, and frustration is nothing more than the works of the flesh. God says, I, that's, that's you trying to do it all on your own. If you just let me do it through you, glory to God. <laughs> all right. I had another story, but I'm not going to tell you. Father, I thank you right now. That the burden and the yoke of frustration is being broken. For we're entering into your ability. Thank you, Father. Now, Father, I thank you that your grace surrounds us like a a shield. Follows us wherever we go. I thank you, Father, that we hear your voice and the voice of another we will not follow. Thank you, Lord, that you've given your angels charge over us, our families, our properties, and our goods, and you've given us the privilege of invoking the wonderful name of Jesus, which we do right now. We declare, say this with me out loud, in the name of Jesus, there'll be no tragedy named among any of us. Now, fathers, we go from this place. We thank you that your love will so fill us up As we go into our everyday lives and every person that we come in contact with, your love just oozes out and touches them. They know they've been touched by the love of God. We give you the praise and thanksgiving for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, in the name of Jesus, be filled with the Holy Ghost. Thank you for joining us today. I'd like to say thank you for all those who give and support this ministry. I pray that you've been blessed and challenged by the podcast today. For more information on how to give, you can visit omegachurch.com forward slash give. Thank you for believing in our mission.